0: clear testimony of Scripture is that our God is a good and loving Father. Now sadly, not all human fathers that we know are good and loving, and if that was our situation growing up, God has an amazing way of bringing other godly people into our lives who can help fill those roles. People are not always good and loving, but God is always good and loving. And if we can imagine the best loving fathers that we know here on earth, the most patient and gracious and giving and good dads, even so, our God is even better than these people. It's a thought we might wrestle with, but it is the truth nonetheless. God is a good and loving father who wants good things for his children, as any good and loving father would. Romans chapter 8 verses 28 through 30 continues. In all things, God works for our good. It's a commonly quoted scripture, a constant social media quotation. In all things, God works for the good. And it should be noted that the quote in its entirety is that God works for the good of those who love him. As we've already seen in the book of Romans, when people willingly choose disobedience and sin, God actually seems to take a step back and let those people go on their own way. But for those of us who love him and are devoted to him in his ways, good can be redeemed from anything, good or bad. In previous verses, Paul has been talking about suffering, and now he talks about how all things, even suffering, can be worked out for good. We know that everything is not good, and not everything comes from God. There are forces of evil and human sinfulness at work in our lives as well. Not everything is good. Not everything comes from God. But in everything, God is on our side and wants good for us, working for that good on our behalf. It's mentioned here that God has predestined us to become like Jesus, and there's a lot of debate and discussion over that word. Paul's going to use it a few times in his letters. Predestination either means that God has pre-decided who goes to heaven and who doesn't, and we have no say one way or another, as some branches of the church believe. Or in the opposing view, predestination means that God has given us free will to choose him or reject him, and in his omniscience, he already pre-knows who will choose to accept and who won't. Wherever you land in the debate, it can likely be agreed upon that the idea speaks to God being greater and knowing so much more than we do. And there's a lot of hope that comes from trusting in that. And we who love him and the ones that he loves are called to be conformed into the image of the Son. We are becoming more and more like Jesus. We sometimes call this spiritual formation. We are being formed into Jesus' image in a lifelong journey that requires effort and discipline on our part, but which is ultimately a work of the Spirit. We are being conformed to His image. We're not conforming ourselves. As we walk with him, we're changed. And as we're changed, we become like Jesus. So our job is to walk with him, to open ourselves up to him, to connect with him and commune with him, that we might become what we were always supposed to be. As we trust in the God who knew us and not only who calls us and not only who justifies us, but who glorifies us, making us more like Jesus. This is an awesome few verses of scripture. For today, take some time to reflect on past suffering in your life, or maybe current suffering, if that's where you're at. It wasn't good, and we're not calling it good. But where can you see that God was working for your good, even in the badness of the situation? Where can you see Him answering prayer and giving grace and breaking through? And while we don't necessarily need to be thankful for all things in our life, Scripture calls us to be thankful in all things. So let's take some time to give thanks today.